and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, as a rule in life, I try to never apologize. It's just, to me, um, apologies publicly should never be done. Privately, one-on-one is when you apologize to the person you wrong. But we do have to apologize that for some reason the la- last last what? week's podcast was a train wreck. Well, it works out <laughs> because we, it, this is a personal apology. So to our <laughs> listener. Uh, <laughs> to our listener. No, both of you if somebody else is in the room. Yeah. So <laughs> when we, um, so if you tried to listen to the episode last week, you'll notice that it cut out and then I fixed it. And then it still cut out again. And I've been backing through the file, have no idea how that happened. We are actually going to pick up that topic. Uh, And luckily, I don't remember what we said. So we're going to pick up that topic in the second half of the show this week. Yeah, we'll pick that up and round that out. And hopefully we won't have it cut out this time. But let's talk about the cigar. Let's smoke a cigar. All right. I'm looking forward to this. So what do you smoke? You want me to go first? Or you I'll go, go first. first. Um, you go first. You know, it, it, it's funny. The last couple of weeks uh, since since we've been coming in here, I've I've usually been on a a, a more virgin palate than normal. Um, I have cut my smoking back a little bit, and so uh, as I walk into the humidor, I notice that stuff is jumping out at me more than it would otherwise. I guess because my my palate's not blown out from a previous cigar, so I get the opportunity to go. Ooh, that 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 looks good. You know, it's like going grocery shopping when you're hungry, and so uh, that's what happened this week as well. It's a cigar that I have smoked on the show before. This is the Nesta Miranda Special Selection from this year. Uh, it was originally introduced in 06, but then they uh, they added it back to the portfolio in 19, uh, about six months ago or so, as a as a 30th anniversary of the of Miami Cigar. So it's actually made in the My Father factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. Um, it also features tobacco from the Condega and Jalapa regions as well. Uses a Criollo 98 binder and a plush, oily Nicaraguan Habano Rosado wrapper. So I've smoked. <laughs> I should have pre-read that. <laughs> I've smoked two of those. Mm-hmm. I smoked one and I said, eh, it's okay. It's worth smoking again. And I smoked the second one. I said, yeah, it's okay. See, it, it's funny because I smoked the first one. And I went, "Oh, that's really good," and I smoked the second one. And I went, "I remember that being better." Right. Uh, it's, but it's funny because your situation when you smoke can make such a difference in the in the cigar experience as a whole. Yeah, and I'm just hoping. Honestly, what I'm hoping for is a cigar that draws well. Man, I have been having such a time with getting hard drawing cigars lately uh, to the point that I, I'm convinced it's user error. I'm not going to blame the cigars. If it's different cigars and right. the only consistency is the person smoking it, it's got. I don't know how I'm influencing making it. Maybe my humidor is too moist. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so as long as this draws well, I, I'll be happy. <laughs> as long as it's smokable. There we go. <laughs> and uh, so, Well, that's got a charcoal flavor to it. I'm smoking for the first time. never smoked one before. Um, I've not been chomping at the bit to smoke this cigar. I know, yeah. Is that the Maduro? Yeah. that's Yeah, it's the Vic- Victorian High Clear Castle. You're not a fan of Foundation cigars. You reject that cigar based on the reference alone. Um, I, I honestly didn't think I'd ever see the day when you smoked it without me buying it for you. Well, so 
if of nothing else, I am intellectually honest. And this is a good <laughs> opportunity. Why are you laughing at oh, that no. premise? <laughs> and I'm very honest intellectually with myself, and it's like, okay, it's a cigar. I'm going to try it. Preconceived notions on a cigar is a stupid principle to have. That's kind of a, a foolish principle to have in anything. I agree with that, and we've actually got a an article we're going to talk about in the at the end of the first half of the show that kind of... Even though the, the the article doesn't really get into it, that's kind of why we both separately brought it to the table. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. With the exception of Gurkha, there, there are certain cigar brands that tend to taint my perception before I ever put the cigar in my mouth. And, no, that's true of Gurkha, but unlike them with others, I, I try and often step out of that and, and smoke the cigar regardless of what my preconceived notions may oh yeah so why were you looking around like you were confused that was weird no i was waiting for you to finish talking so i could finish telling people what my cigar is made of okay (laughs) so it's a hand-rolled estelle in estelle nicaragua it's a habano ecuadorian wrapper with criollo and corojo and then a um the binder is brazilian matafina and boy the, the way they organize this they have Kappa, Capote, and Tripa. What is that? What are those translate into? I have no idea. So Kappa is Habano Ecuador. That's the wrapper. I'm going to assume Cabote is filler, and that's Brazilian Matafina. At all. So anyway, I'm is that smoke. off the foundation website? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, say, and you wonder why I don't like this company. They they can't even speak English in the entirety of their article. But I'm not going. I'm not going to let that color my thing. I will say, on the cold draw, it's stiff. Okay. The cold draw is kind of stiff. That's that's kind of one of one of those things that I really discourages me when it happens. See, I have not had that problem with that cigar, so um, that that is interesting. But we'll have to see. It looks like it's lighting well, though. You should be able to. Ho- hopefully, it'll open up as you get through it a little bit. Hopefully, it will. How, how often do you smoke a shaggy foot cigar? And you go to cold draw it, and it's thick as can be, and you get all frustrated before you realize, oh, wait, <laughs> it's a cap foot. Yeah, before you realize. That's interesting. That's got a lot of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. When you first hit it, you can really hit, you can, um, you can taste the Ecuador. The Ecuador is definitely there. Uh, the Matafina is kind of a, it's not a, um, it's not, it's not a, a huge Mata- component. No, it's not a Matafina I recognize. And, uh, but I'm. I'm going to smoke it. I def- it's funny because I definitely would have picked this up and p- said Ecuador. Yeah, because of the just, red? Yeah, well, no, just if I, if I lit it and took a puff, I'd have said, yeah, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out. We're going to see. So let's talk about the big news. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the PCA for a minute. Um, they announced, was it today or yesterday, that it was yesterday, that um, the organization, organization is going to be placing all of its staff on furlough. Now, that's seven people. It's not a huge staff. But no. I think you brought up a very good point about this. Yeah, is this the beginning of the end? I think it is. Um, you know, I, it's impossible to have a show in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, pandemic without talking about it, even though we try and be more escapist than alarmist. Um, but this is one of those things where... 
it's an unintended consequence of all of the the regulations and things that have been put in place. You know, you've got state and federal congresses not meeting on their regular schedules. You've got restrictions in place uh, that are, you know, preventing manufacturers from being able to ship product, uh, retailers from being able to sell product. And, and we've got an overall decline in the economy, which cigars tend to feel f- fairly strongly just because of the nature of the, of the people yeah, it being any, a luxury item. Yeah, any luxury item feels yeah. it first. So, of course, a, a governing body such as the PCA is eventually, and I'm actually surprised it took them this long, um, they're going to feel the brunt of that. And I think they've just run out of operating capital, or at least they've reached the line in the sand to which... If they dip below this mark, they have to take some actions. Considering the number of big players that pulled out this year, were it to have gone forward, the the show that is, um, I'm not surprised to see this. And I do think, I've, I think the major players pulling out of PCA was the first nail in the coffin. This one may be the final. So I'm going to propose a an out, outlandish solution. So the problem with the PCA, even to somebody like us who's never been in the PCA, the problem is obviously leadership. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem is obviously the leadership's not listening to the cigar community, the guy, the manufacturers, the people that pay the bills. So you need a new leader. Well, you know, and I, I heard an interesting article, and I'm going to butcher the crap out of this. Um, it was originally brought up in, in regards to um, the police force, but I think it's applicable here because it talks about how in the beginning of an organization, members are loyal to the leaders. And the longer an organization goes on, you end up where the members become loyal to the organization. Right. And so I think that's what we've had with PCA, and that's why I completely agree with your thing. that It's a leadership issue. You've got people that have been around this so long that – they maybe they've lost their original purpose or at the very least maybe they've lost their original spirit for what they were trying to you know it's the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law well and here's my thought Jonathan Drew has got to be coming up on the end of his contract with Swisher we put him in charge oh god I I, th- I recognize why you think that would work and I also recognize why it might work. But, God, I couldn't imagine. Explain to me what... what so, okay. You like his approach to business and his personality more than I do. And that's... That, I mean, that that's just... Not all personalities mesh. And my personality and his personality just are, are, are so opposite that they don't really mesh. So, I would not want to... Now, again, we're not members of PCA. We're, uh, but but that's... That seems like a really brash personality type for an organization. Such but you this. need that. Well, and that's why I said gotta, I recognize why you think it yeah, would work. There's no, you know, at this point, if they just take and say, okay, we have fired the president, the vice president is now in charge. Right. It's no, not you have to do shake nothing. it up. But, but I, yeah. Okay. Then second place, what about Rocky Patel? That I could see. That I could see. Um... I would even, if I were having, not to say that either one of these two would actually be willing or able to do the job, but um, Nick Perdomo. 
Very well respected. Here's the problem. And smart. Here's my problem with both Nick and Rocky. Too conservative? Too old-fashioned. Yeah. At all. They're just too old-fashioned. This is a changing industry. The people that smoke are changing. The, you know, everything about it is changing. The world is changing so rapidly in front of us right now. It seems like everything with the COVID and all that's kind of accelerated it and all the rioting and all that stuff kind of accelerated, you know, a turning point. Mm-hmm. And all. And it's, you're going to have to get somebody in there that's a totally different kind of dude. If yeah. you just get another old cigar guy in there, I don't know that it's going to do any good. Yeah, but and that's why I said, like, but the thing is, you know, Rocky was one of those guys that came out, bootstrapped his company, put in the time, the FaceTime with the people that were actually selling his cigars and smoking his cigars. So he does have a different approach than, say, the head of Davidoff, for sure. example. Um but I do recognize your point, and that's why I say I can see not only why you think Jonathan Drew would make a good person in this position, but also I can also see why it might work. Um, it's just, like well, I said, you're a bigger fan than I am. It's also one of those things, like so many jobs, anybody smart enough to do it well is smart enough not to want it. Yeah. It's like a politician. Yeah. You know, anybody smart enough to be a good building inspector is making so much more money just building the houses that they're not going to. Right. So it attracts the wrong kind of people. And that's one of the that's one of the unintended consequences of life that one day I would like to understand is why we create positions in that manner. I guess it's because you need somewhere to warehouse stupid people and politics is a good place. Yeah. I mean, I think hey, put them in charge so that they're out of the way. I think that I think that happens, which sounds the failing upwards. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but it happens. Who has not been in a company where they put somebody in charge that was the stupidest person on there to get them out of the way? I actually happened to see a coworker, a former coworker of mine out and about yesterday, and it was exactly that. One of the most incompetent jack wagons I've ever had the misfortune of sharing an office space with. And, uh, And yeah, just, but so good at playing the game. Well, speaking of Nick Perdomo... Let's talk about a cigar you're excited about. Yeah, let's do that. I've got this. And I, 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 I like that that actually worked out that way. So it doesn't often. So anybody who's been around cigars for very long knows about the Perdomo Champagne. Um, it's a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, tenth anniversary that came out. I want to say in about 2003. Um, well, now they are expanding the 10th anniversary line. There's going to be a Maduro and a Sun Grown, and I cannot wait to get my hands on one of these. No one does Sun Grown wrapper better than Perdomo, and I, I and I will fight anybody who tries to disagree with me. So I don't like that they're a box press. I don't either. And I'll, but the point that I think. Perdomo needs something like this. Mm-hmm. Perdomo needs something to kind of spice it up because right now they're just a brand staple. Right. They're just they're just par. They're not doing anything toward raising their score or raising their value with me. So I think they definitely need this. And the champagne is an outstanding cigar. It is. Uh, you know, and these are going to retail around the seven and a half to eight and a half dollar range, which is perfect. Um, although the the torpedoes of the is going to be nine fifty. That's wild. Um, 
No, a 7 by 54 torpedo, so it's more of a bellicose, so I get that now. Yeah, it takes a little more work to get that rolled. You know, no, the, yeah, the yeah, 660, yeah. which is what I'll smoke, will be about 975. Yeah, but, but still perfect uh, price point for this cigar. You know, many years ago, Perdomo made the Maduro Squared or the Perdomo Squared. It was a box press. They made a Maduro and a Natural that was a fantastic cigar, and... And it was box-pressed as well. So I wonder if this is maybe trying to find a replacement in their portfolio to to that. Um, I don't know. I mean, But I cannot wait to get my hands on one of these. Well, and here's the question. Why do I not smoke many Perdomos? I'm a fairly regular cigar guy. I've never had a bad experience with Perdomo. Um, why do I not smoke more of them? Because they're not exciting. Now, I love Perdomo. I have been very clear on this show for the last almost three years about how much I love Perdomo. No, it's over three years. Dang. Um, And I've always compared them to Starbucks. They're not going to be bad. They're not going to be good. They're always going to be, or they're going to be good. They're not going to be, they're not going to blow your socks off. They're just, they're going to be Perdomo. Is the Perdomo not being exciting, sexy, attractive, appealing? Is that due to their marketing techniques, or is that due to their blend? Are they viewed as a training wheel starter cigar? I, I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I mean, I know the Perdomo Champagne is considered a training wheel starter cigar for most people, and more on that in a moment. I think it's because, you know, so they've been around for about 20 years as a company, and they they came out really strong and then they expanded to where they had so many facings now they did it all very well but they didn't do anything amazing except for the edition de silvio which they don't even make anymore um and the original 10th anniversary cameroon that you can't even find anymore um and i think they ran into expanding a little too much too fast and then about it was about six to ten, about six years ago or so, they basically wiped the slate clean with their entire lineup and then kind of brought some new stuff in and got rid of some old stuff and changed some blends and changed some, some labels and, and kind of whitewashed their entire line. You know, you look at a Perdomo wall in any humidor and it's really hard to tell the 10th anniversary from the 20th from the Habana. Like they all kind of look the same. They all come in the same shapes, the same wrappers. They say, you know, so I don't think they have that, that wow factor. Um, and I think that's part of it. That being said, any of those of theirs that you choose, you're going to enjoy. Well, and most cigar smokers smoke a lot of Perdomo when they first start smoking cigars. When you first get into it, it seems like you're kind of drawn because the price point's there. Price yep. point's always good. You know it's a dependable cigar, and if somebody asks you to recommend them a cigar and you won't want, you don't want to look like a fool, you know you can count on Perdomo. Well, and and Perdomo is is very very regional. I've noticed. You know, Perdomo doesn't have a huge presence in Nashville. In Atlanta, it's massive, and that is, in my opinion, exclusively the work of Chris Harper, the national sales manager, who actually still carries the beat down there. Um, he, he, he walks that territory, and he has such a love and a passion. And then um, I've talked about it on the show many times before. I'm really good friends with the rep in Texas, John Allen, who, same thing, 
eats, sleeps, lives, breathes Perdomo. And in areas where you have that, you have great presence. Other areas, it, it you know, it requires a lot of, uh, it requires the right rep. Well, and I will say, whoever's in charge of the Nashville area, I haven't seen a Perdomo event advertised anywhere in Nashville in the past five years. Yeah, I haven't seen a Perdomo years. event up here in a long time. I mean, the last time I seen a Perdomo event was before they had even switched ownership of the shop down the road here. Right. And all, and that was when they were introducing the 20th anniversary cigar. So, you know, you just, you don't see a lot of, you don't, they're not pitching over a lot of heat. Right. And that's why I say it's such a regional thing. You know, Chris could call me tomorrow. I know he's not going to, but Chris could call me tomorrow and offer me the job of Perdomo rep in the Southeast, like in this. And I would, there are very few companies in the cigar business that could call me tomorrow and say, I want you to rep your neighborhood. Um, Perdomo's one of those. Yeah, I could, I could see that. It would be a good gig. Yeah. And all, because the cigars are going to sell their self. You, you start with a good product. But as we've mentioned, they can, if you have a passion for it and if you get in front of people and if you do the thing, it can be huge. If you just let it do its own thing, then you've got a bunch of people that basically only sell the champagnes because whenever somebody walks in their humidor and says, my buddy doesn't smoke much, but I want to buy him a cigar, what do I give him? Yeah, so it's they may need to evaluate how their reps are operating in areas that are less that are that it's less Perdomo dominant. Right. And I'll but I will say, you can walk into this shop anytime there's more than ten people and probably find somebody smoking a Perdomo. Yeah, and you'll see me about once a week smoking a Perdomo. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time. So, this is funny. I'm smoking this High Clare Castle. I didn't want to like it, but I do. I knew you would. I mean, I did. I'll be. I'll be perfectly honest because I am. I didn't want to like this cigar. I wanted the pretentiousness. I wanted to be proved right. Right. But I would always rather be successful than right. Of course. So I'm perfectly content saying this is a good cigar. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that cigar's a six all day long. I'll be interested to see what you think of it. Price point's a little high. Price but, point's a little high. Um, but it's a great cigar. It's not super complex. Mm-mm. It's not got a lot of nuance. Now, it may, as I smoke it on down, it may acquire a little more nuance. And all. if it does, that'll definitely raise its rating considerably in my mind. But about halfway through the cigar, um, I like it. I like the flavor. I like the mouth feel. Um, the tobacco is blended well. It's not knocking my socks off. Yeah. And I'll, there's no danger of this ever getting close to seven. But... It's definitely better than I thought it would be, which I, which I think is as good as it can get. <laughs> all right. That's... But also, all right, well, let's take a few minutes break. When we come back, since we're talking about Perdomo and starter cigars, let's talk about the myth of the mild cigar. All right. We'll be that, back with that more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week, I want to talk about the Espinosa Crema. My first experience with this cigar was in a goodie bag that I got when I went to the Tampa Cigar Bash. And I fired it up. It's an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper of a Nicaraguan binder and filler. And this is just a excellent smoke. It's smooth, it's mellow, you don't have to rush yourself with it. This is just a smoke, this is a smoker's smoke. Mm-hmm. And I'll, it falls in the mild category, but it's a relaxing mild cigar. Yeah, uh, 
silky smooth Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. I mean, it's... I can't think of a bad thing to say about this cigar, which kind of explains why we're highlighting it here. It's it's going to give you some of that that breadiness, which I think is something you only get from Connecticut cigars. So until next week, try the Espinosa Crema. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across the, from the man who, if you can name the celebrity that was hit in the face by a goose on a roller coaster, I will give you a cigar. Fabio. There you go. You have a, you will get a cigar. But uh, I didn't. I, I, there was even money whether or not you would know that. That's kind of an obscure piece of knowledge. But see, uh, obscure pop trivia is my wheelhouse. That's true. Yeah, I, I can see that. But, but I can also see how my age would th- would make you think that, that that would be something that slipped through the cracks. Right. The number of people your age that would know who Fabio was. M- much less know that he got hit by a goose yeah. on a roller coaster. <laughs> much Yeah, much less that the goose hit him in the face on a roller coaster. <laughs> but, uh, which I think that is funny. That picture is so gruesome. I mean, gruesome. Well, the... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I considered oh, not doing he it. Po- he polished off the dad joke for sure I, on that one. Holy I considered cow. not doing it. <laughs> well, the thing the thing about that picture is Fabio went up a rating in my life when he got hit in the face of a goose. Because he just handled it? Because he just handled it like a man. He just said, yep, I got hit in the face by a goose. Ha ha. I make my living with my face. Nobody threw the goose at me. Right. This was not a goose on model crime. Yeah. <laughs> he just sucked it up, buttercup, and said, yeah, I got hit in the face of a goose. He, he vastly improved his stock in my life uh, at that point. There's a lot to be said for that. I'd be interested to know if you know the, the major league pitcher that hit a bird with a fastball. I couldn't tell you the name of a single major league pitcher. I've seen the video. Okay. I couldn't tell you the name of a major league pitcher if you held a gun to my head. Gotcha. It was it was Randy Johnson. He used to have the fastest fastball in all of sports. Yeah, and he hit like baseball. a seagull. Yeah, it was like a pigeon. I mean, it was just exploded. It was, yeah. I, every time that video comes across, I watch it like six times. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like the one I shared on my Facebook page of... It was 20 years ago that mankind was threw off the top of the cage by The Undertaker. You didn't respond to my comment, too. Like, you know, that was back in the day when I watched wrestling. And that was, I mean, no one was as good as hitting his mark, at hitting his mark than mankind. Well, it's interesting. When he was thrown off the top of that cage, he dislocated his shoulder. He pushed the tooth through the top of his, his mouth, and it was actually coming out of his nose. And he got up and climbed back up to the top of that cage to keep fighting. Yeah. And the look on the Undertaker's face it just tells you everything you need to know about the Undertaker. He looked when he when he was coming back up to the cage. The Undertaker looked at him and said, "All right, I guess I got to kill him now." <laughs> and that was it. It, it. it was totally resolved. The Undertaker was totally fine with killing him dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. He wants to die in this match. He obviously, you know, Terry Funk, who's famous for the death match, famous for barbed wire wrap, taking the ring ropes down, replacing it with barbed wire, having the ring on a timer to explode, come out and said, fellas, this is enough. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Terry Funk comes out and tells you that's enough, yeah. then it's enough. It's enough. But that, they kept going. That's. <laughs> and all. So it's, it's kind of one of those things. You just you see things in life that you just don't unsee once you see them and you kind of treasure them. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I kind of, tra- you know, there's only one other time um, when Bam Bam Bigelow was fighting Shane Douglas in ECW. And Bam Bam Bigelow said, yeah, I guess I'm going to kill him now. <laughs> and just, I mean, they just, it's a different mind. You've got to have a brain that is capable I'm, I'm of killing someone. I'm going to take this someone. to the finish, whatever the finish is. Yes, whatever it is, I'm in here. Whatever you need me to do, I will do it. I'm, I'm, I might enjoy it, but I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's get back to cigars. <laughs> and uh, I'm smoking the High Clear Castle. Um, do you get any pepper out of this? I'm just getting kind of a, an, a Not back. Really. Kind of a low background of pepper. You know, probably about a two out of five on the pepper scale. Yeah, I just occasionally you just yeah. as you're catching that little bit of the draw, you just kind of get that little bit of touch of pepper, which is nice. Yeah, it's nuance mm-hmm. and all. So it, I am picking up finally a little nuance out of this smoke. But before we left, we were talking about Perdomo, and we were talking about the first time smoker. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because just this week, um, Aficionado um, released a 16 mild cigars that even occasional smokers will enjoy. And I think it's funny that we both pulled this article, and for the same reason, it seems like. Yeah, my question was, are mild cigars boring? And, and I don't think they are. You know, I was having a conversation up here about a week and a half ago with a guy who said, you know what, I'm done smoking Connecticut's. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to smoke another one. I, I bought a, a box of these and a, uh, whatever they were. As soon as they're gone, I'm not smoking another Connecticut. And I had to, like, pump the brakes a little bit there, bud. I, I know that Connecticut wrapper is associated with mild and bland, but there are some really good Connecticut wrapped cigars on the market right now. Um, the one that always comes to mind for me is the, and I don't even know if they make it anymore because I haven't seen it in a while, is the San Cristobal Elegancia. That is, in my opinion, one of the best uh, Connecticut wrapped cigars on the market. And then, like we were just talking about, the Perdomo Champagne is the gold standard in that space. Well, and in the morning, I want a Connecticut. I don't want to start the day with a real heavy cigar. You know, I've got a couple of my, you know, budget sticks uh, in rotation in my humidor right now. One of them is a Connecticut Nicaraguan. It's very light. The other is a, and I don't even remember the exact makeup, but it's a it's a darker Maduro Dominican. And anybody who knows me or has listened to the show knows that I'm more likely, especially right now with the way my palate's are to just really be digging on that Dominican. No, that Connecticut Nicaraguan is surprising me by how much I'm enjoying it. Well, you know, I'm um, about two-thirds of the way through a box of Undercrown Shades for my morning cigar. Mm -hmm. So I like my morning cigar. If I was ever going to be the monogamous cigar smoker, it would be as it pertains to the morning cigar. Right. Because I'm just finished rowing. I'm usually still kind of cooling down, First thing in the morning, you want consistency. Right. You don't want to think about it. Right. You just want to grab it. So I've been grabbing the shade every morning. But I figure my next box will be Charter Oak, Connecticut. Oh, I still haven't had one of those. I need to go grab oh, one. I, I smoked two of them, and it's as good as the shade for you know a, a fraction of the price, yeah, two thirds of the, the price. price. Yeah. Um, you know, so. and, and the other thing that kind of, I, you know, so so no, I don't think Connecticut cigars are boring, and I don't even think mild cigars are boring. We talk about this when we had um, Don Gonzalez on or Don Pedro on. Uh, about how there is a difference between flavor 
and strength. Right. And and I think we as a whole, as an industry, don't do a really good job of delineating the difference. We talk about full-bodied cigars and light cigars, or we talk about heavy and mild, but we really rarely talk about the context in which we're using those terms. And and like the San Cristobal Elegancia, that is very full-flavored. There's nuance. There's flavor. There There are... But it just happens to not be very nicotine heavy. Well, is part of this, you know, I think there's two reasons this myth exists. The boring Connecticut myth exists. One is ego. Oh, yeah, we're going to get you a man's cigar tonight. The, you know, one of them is ego. Yeah. and uh, Which is a terrible reason to do anything. Mm-hmm. But one of them is ego. But the other is there are a lot of of really boring Connecticut's on the market. Yeah, you know, my big... I had a Catch-22 from Rocky uh, about a week and a half ago, and I would put it in that category. Um, it was better... Rocky makes some really good full-bodied smokes. Uh, you and I are both fans. Like, you like the 20th, or is it yep. the 50th? The 20th. I like the 50th best. Oh, yeah. um, you know, we, we both enjoy that. In general... The, ooh. Yeah, he's he's going in there to buy a cigar that's way too strong for himself. Yeah. Oh my god! You can look at was, his car. I thought he was going to take out that that sedan. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, anyway, this is what we get for for doing the show outside. Um, but so with Rocky, I find that a lot of times when he makes a milder cigar, he goes so far off the rails that it becomes like smoking air. Yeah, you know, so the first one on the list, on this list, is the CAO Gold Torpedo. That's a phenomenal cigar. See, it's boring to me. There's nothing in that for me. There's no nuance. There's, it's just a cigar. It's, to me, it's on par with the CAO Moon Trance and Ilian's Dream. No, the gold, am I thinking of the right one? Now, you may be thinking of the gold before General bought CAO. Yeah, I am. Before General bought CAO, the gold was considerably different. But the General Cigars CAO gold is not not nothing. But there's a what's the um, what's the other CAO mild cigar in there that we both really like? Um, I'll have to we'll have to look at it after the show. But there, there CAO does currently make a Connecticut that it's a milder cigar that we both like. Um, the so, Cleo or. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the... Um, oh, Piloto. Piloto, yeah, Piloto. Or Pilon. Yeah, uh, Pilon. Yeah. What, the piles of tobacco. Right. And also, yeah, it is the Pilon. And the Pilon is good, yeah. but it's it's definitely not what I classify as a mild cigar. Yeah. Um, um, but it is a Connecticut, if I recall correctly. Espinosa Crema, this is an excellent mild cigar. That is an excellent mild cigar. And so is the Camacho Connecticut. At least it was. I, See, I don't it go, know if it, it still is. It goes into the boring category for me. Okay. Um, it goes. In, it goes into the. I had. I had four of these, because Cigars International ran a right. deal where you could buy four for a dollar, hmm. and all. And so I bought four of them. Um, costed more to ship them than the cigar right. cost. But, it's like when someone, when an insurance company mails you a penny check. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew that I would put that in my humidor and I would stick one in my golf bag when I knew I was going, when I might encounter somebody who's not a regular smoker and want to hand them something that's going to be a decent cigar, but it's just going to be a cigar. It's not going to be an experience. Right. Um, You know, Padron de Masa, I did not care for. I was about to say, I I thought it would surprise you to know that I was going to put that in the boring category. It wasn't boring. For me, it's not worthy of the Padron name. 
if you took the label off of Damasa, you wouldn't know. And I didn't know it was a padrone. What would I rate it? And all that would be an interesting question. Well, and I think it's interesting too because if you look at the aficionado rate, ranking on it or rating, it, it gets an eighty-nine. You know, that's the same as it as the Oliva Connecticut Reserve Churchill, which I love that cigar. Which is that's the only time Oliva is better. Yeah, that's the only time Oliva is better than Padron. Yeah. And uh, those are definitely good. Of course, my Undercrown Shade is on there. Right above that, the New World Connecticut is really good as well. Very good. Um, but then, then, of course, you know I'm going to love anything from AJ. Yeah. The, okay. The Monte Cristo White. I'm sorry. It's so boring. To me, it is, too. To it me, is such a boring cigar. I, I, all the time when I'm up, the, when I go to Casa, Hutch will say, oh, yeah, we got this, you know, and it'll be a great gift, and it'll be stuck with Monte Cristo Whites. And it's like, well... Am I going to buy the gift and throw the cigars away? Yeah. Is that the game plan here? <laughs> because it's just a boring cigar. Yeah. Uh, no, I, and I want to, uh, the last one on the list I think is, is worth pointing out is the Rocky Patel Vintage 99 Connecticut Toro. And I don't know how you feel about the cigar, but that's one of those to me that you might as well smoke air. I, I just don't get anything out of it. But I want to touch on what we were talking about, the myth of the mild cigar being boring is, is because it... As I wrote in the show notes, before, you know, to you was there's this thing that you always have to grow in, you know, that that eventually if I know plenty of old guys that have been smoking for 30 years and they still prefer Connecticut's and we really need to as a whole as an industry get away from this well eventually you'll grow into a Maduro eventually you'll grow into a full bodied cigar. You see this in the running community all the time. Oh, what kind of races do you like to do? Oh, I, I do some 10Ks and some 5Ks and the occasional half marathon. Oh, well, eventually you'll get up to the marathon distance. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to do a marathon. And it doesn't make anybody any less of a runner or an athlete for finding something they enjoy and sticking with it. You know, and people, people make that mistake when you start, especially working out is the world's worst. Mm-hmm. Working out, and this is why I think steroids get so much traction in working out, is people, they, they want to go for that bigger, better, oh, if I, if I could lift more, if I could press more, if I could run further, if I could run faster. And it's like, you know, just enjoy yourself. Are you here to torture yourself or are you here to enjoy yourself? Well, and the thing is, like, it, I don't, you know, I'm all cardio. I don't ever go to the gym. Once the gym's open back up, I, I intend to fix that about my but like if someone were to ever ask me my workout goals it's never going to be able to lift more to lift more to, I want to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club as long as I can accomplish that and that's mostly lightweight high rep high velocity stuff I'm fine and so yeah. I hate this idea that you have to always continue to push and well and so often you know golf is that way for me People get obsessed with, oh, I've, I've got to break 100. Now I've got to break 90. Now I've got to break 80. Now it's like, hey, you know, yes- have fun. Yeah, yesterday went and spent the day with my dad on the golf course. We watched a black groundhog walk through. There was a turtle come across. It was hilarious. I was sitting there. A turtle was walking across the fairway, and I hit my ball, and it zoomed in front of him. And you could just hear him say, slow down, you maniac. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was just an absolute joy. And I didn't care what my score was. Right. You know, the first first year or two I played golf, I didn't keep score. I didn't care. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, was, it was just about the time. Well, and it was funny, too, because I used to play with a guy in Atlanta who was uh, very much like James Bond and Goldfinger, you know, strict rules of golf. 
strict rules of golf. Like, if you're not out here with honor, why are you out here? Right. I had only just started swinging a golf club six months earlier. And no, I'm, and, and, and I felt the pressure not to use the foot wedge or to do the, and it's, when I played with him, I, 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 I was getting better because I was forcing myself, but at the same time, I wasn't enjoying it as much because when you first start playing golf, you're not going to hit the ball well. That's just, that. Well, even if you play golf all the time, you still have mishits and things. Well, and I love the rules of golf. I love the structure. I love the rules of golf. But yesterday, I hit my ball. It landed in a little spot that was full of gravel. And I said, I refuse. I just bought two brand-new wedges. I'm not going to yeah. run my brand-new wedge through this gravel pit for the sake of a stroke. Yeah. And, of course, I was with Dad. Dad said, well, don't take a stroke. Just move the dang well, thing. Exactly. You know, it, I, I do. I agree because I love the gentlemanly approach to keeping your own score in golf and, and, and how it's a game of honesty and, 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 and honor. Uh, I do like that. But if we're not playing for points, if we're right. not playing for money, and, and if, if the, the golf club brand isn't sending me free wedges on my – then no, I'm not taking the shot behind the tree to bend the shaft of my club. No, and, there's, there, and, you know, I'm – very liberal. There's always going to be ground under repair. <laughs> I'm very liberal with my rules of golf. There you go. You got to clarify that. Yeah, I'm very ri- liberal with my rules of golf. If it's ground under repair, I have no problem moving it with no stroke. Right. I won't move it closer to the hole. No. But I will be happy. You know, I hit it yesterday into a sand trap that had weeds grown up in the sand because nobody's been raking them because they can't put rakes out on the golf course because for some reason they think that'll transfer coronavirus sitting in the middle of a golf course on a sunny day. Um, so I picked it up and I moved it out. And I, and I did not take a stroke, nor did I intend to. Right. Nor well, should I have it's to. It's like I used to, you know, I used to play two times a week. And oftentimes, especially in the southeast, you get towards this time of year. That means you're playing either in the rain, right before the rain, or right after the rain. Uh, sometimes all three at once. And so... Um, yeah, oftentimes you get you know bunkers that are packed down and, and wet, and it's like you're playing on Normandy. I'm not. No, you move no, that out. I'm gonna move it out. I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not gonna make it any. Now I'm not gonna make it closer to the hole. No, I'm not gonna make it an advantage, but I I am going to. I'm there to have fun. Yeah, I'm and, not there. I'm there to enjoy myself. Yeah. So let's talk about a different cigar here. Let's talk. Let's talk about a cigar that's an emotional roller coaster for me. Right. Crowned Heads and Tobacco Sarah Pachardo to release Mildias. Okay, first and foremost, Half Wheel, you've 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 done it to me again. You've made me mad in the first sentence of your article. The fact that it's called the Thousand Days and they're talking about the ten thousand hours. Well, here's the thing: they say it takes ten thousand hours to become an expert in any field. Myth or not? Not. There is no. There is no thing you will master in less than 10,000 hours. Right. Well, and, and I will say it takes a heck of a lot more than 10,000 hours to become an expert in any given field. It takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in any given task. I think that's a very important distinction, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, no. So Crown Heads and Pichardo uh, have been... Have been working on this. I feel like for a while. Haven't we talked about this once before when they first announced it? We no, we talked about Crowned Heads taking over distribution for Ace Prime. That's what it was. Okay. And uh, with this cigar, this is the first time this cigar has ever graced my eyes. Okay. And all uh, the Mildias. Now, 
Visit Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and filler from Nicaragua, Peru, Costa Rica. Full body in the line comes in four sizes. Um, okay. I like Pachardo so well. And Crown Heads has let me down so often. I can't decide whether I'm excited for this cigar or not. Yeah, see... You know, I'm a huge Crown Heads fan, although their their releases over the course of the last year or so have, have been a little lackluster for me. I won't go definitely so far as to say that. I, I won't go so far as to say that, but they've definitely been lackluster. Pichardo, we had the guys on. You know, we had Luciano on, and he was an amazing guest, and his cigars uh, we both thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I think this has the potential... Uh, to be very very good, I I've, I was I came out in support of this collaboration. This um, uh, when they first announced the distribution thing, so I will be I, I can't wait to get my hands on this. Well, so here this for me because the one thing the article doesn't mention is price. This is going to be all about price. If this yeah. comes out and it's a ten dollar, an eight to twelve dollar cigar. <coughs> I could be excited. If this comes out at $16... It's going to be hard to get excited about. Yeah, I'm, it's not... This <clears throat> is going to be a price point cigar because Crown Heads has got to earn my business back. And here's here's one thing I actually am going to poke a little bit. So, it's it's called the Mildius, which means a thousand days. And so, the logo is four M's representing the M in mil, as well as the M, which is the Roman numeral for a thousand. And, okay, but where's the four come from? Why do we need four of the, it's not four thousand. Like, <laughs> someone of <laughs> the design team, like, either missed a step or forgot something. I'm just, I'm really curious, like, why why, why the four, I don't know. Somebody fell asleep at the wheel on that one. A little bit. And, uh, and it so- does look like a Dutch windmill as well, so it's... Well, so they they have an opportunity to earn my business back here. Yeah. By virtue of being with Ace Prime, being with Pachardo, and liking those guys as much as I do, they do have the ability to earn my business back. But they're, go- they're not going to do it. For those listening at home, Trey just dropped his ash right in his lap <laughs> and all, while trying to unband his cigar while it's in his mouth. <laughs> and all, so... I'm sorry, everyone. I'm watching this circus act that Trey's performing. <laughs> I was trying to do it. I was holding for, for all right for those playing the home game. Uh, we are, we're both holding our mics tonight, so I was trying to figure out a way to take the band off my cigar without setting the mic down and without creating too much havoc. Uh, I seem to and have you failed, failed. <laughs> on both counts. Yeah, at least it didn't fall into your shirt pocket. I have done that. That I have too. I've done that where it falls into your shirt pocket and you take that shirt off later the night and it falls all over your head and you're mm-hmm. like, great, now it's another shower. Um, so this cigar is going to be price point. There's never, there's not a cigar being released that's going to hinge on price point for me more so than this particular smoke. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to see what happens. And I'm going to sit back and see what happens. So 4th of July... This this podcast will actually drop on the fourth of on July. On the fourth, yeah. What is? Do you have a July fourth smoke? I don't. Um, it, you know, it's and this year it's going to be a little bit different because you know there's not going to be the big barbecue and the big celebration. Not that um, 
not that we really do much anyway. Um, a lot of the fireworks displays around here have been canceled, so which is what it is. <laughs> well, but uh, so I don't usually make a big to do, and and typically on the Fourth of July when, when we get together with with friends and family or, or kids, and so I don't tend to smoke anyway. So Fourth of July is a big deal in my family. It's a big deal in my family because my grandfather was born on the 4th of July. And my grandmother clearly said two times a year that it's very important to me that you're here. One is the 4th of July, one is Christmas. That's it. She didn't ask a lot. And, I, of course, I visited way more often of than course. that because yeah. I'm a decent human being. But those were the two days that Mama would miss you if you were not yeah. there. Those, those are the family days. Yeah. Fourth of July is a big deal in my family. You know, we're having a big fish fry at the river. We're going to fry some fish and make some chicken stew, and we're going to sit on the riverbank. And after all that's done, when we're kind of sitting around, I'll probably fire up a little stick just to sit there and see, you know, enjoy. i got to get home in time to drug the dog. But other than that, it is a big deal in my family. But I'm I'm interested to see how many people... Fourth of July is a big deal for versus it isn't. Now, do you have a particular cigar that you go to, or is it just part of the part of the celebration of the day for you? It's kind of just part of the celebration of the day, and it depends on the mood. You know, yesterday I played golf, and I didn't smoke a cigar on the golf course. The mood was never right. The yeah. moment, you know, I had something I wanted to discuss with my father. My brother and I wanted me to discuss it, and the moment was never right. Right. And I'm a, I'm a big believer, and if the moment doesn't present itself, the worst thing you can do is try to force the moment. Absolutely, and I've been guilty of that. Um, it's funny. Last night, as a matter of fact, I did something that in your wildest dreams you could never fathom outside of the casino. I lit up a cigar at 1045. That's a late-night cigar. Yeah, we didn't. We were finishing up some stuff and 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 trying to make some things happen last night. So we didn't end up going to bed until after midnight. So it was, right. and and I knew that that's where the night was headed. So it was like, and my previous cigar. This is this is what really did it. Speaking of forcing the moment, um, my my regular you know night ending cigar wrapped up about you know eight thirty nine o'clock, which it typically does, but. I fought the draw on that cigar the whole way through. Oh, and there's nothing worse. And so, you know, we go back out to kind of finish up some stuff right about, you know, 10, 45, 10 till. And, uh, and it was just one of those of like, you know, I've got the opportunity. And if I can avenge that previous one, I don't know what that is. It That's smells gr- like a Russian tart just walked by. That's the groovy grape. Oh, from Tatiana. God, that is miserable. She, I, can, I can set, we're okay. setting, I'd say we're a solid 50 feet? 30, 50 feet, almost 30 yards away. And when she fired it up, I li- literally, both of us. It's like a Russian prostitute walked by. <laughs> well, if, if you, I, I guarantee you, I could walk over there right now. I say, Tatiana, groovy grape. And I'll, from where I'm sitting, I can tell you the cigar yeah, that she's that's smoking. exactly what that is. And, and I hate when somebody fires one of them up in the shop, man. Thank God we're outside, though. Yeah, yeah, at least it can kind of blow and pass yeah. through. But, okay, well, tell people how to get a hold of us, Trey. All right. Uh, you can reach us via email at info at cigarcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at The Cigarcast and Facebook.com slash The Cigarcast. All right, next week we're going to talk about cryptids. Yep. 
and we're going to handle the cliffhanger from last week. This week, we got to talking too much cigar stuff. Right, we did. And, I'll, and I don't want to rush that topic. I, I enjoy that too much to try to rush through it and stretch the podcast out. So just everyone understand that next week, that'll be what happens. All right. Well, until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.